Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Very excited about this at Metal Arc because Evan Turner and Andre Guadalla, they are friends. They've got unique voices. Their chemistry is something that you need to hear because if you want to get into the locker room and hear the conversations a little less distilled than maybe when the microphones and the broadcasts are around, I think their friendship will illuminate you guys on and women on a world that perhaps you don't have access to Andre Guadala and Evan Turner, a part of the Point Forward podcast. The first two episodes with Isaiah Thomas and Steph Curry are out now. Steph, obviously, Andre's teammate. Andre, a three-time champion, 2015 Finals MVP. Evan Turner drafted second overall by the Sixers in the 2010 NBA draft. But basically, you guys are doing this. Why? Let me start with you, Andre. Why are you guys doing this? What's the need for another podcast? Nobody needs another podcast. Why do you guys have to be out here with another podcast? With the streaming wars and, you know, uh, my tech background, I've been getting to the space the last, you know, seven, eight years. There's never enough content, obviously, with, you know, uh, you know, the cable button being split up and you see the valuations from these electric cars. You're seeing a lot of similar valuations with some of the content companies. So, you know, obviously uh, we feel like there's uh, enough of a, a total addressable market. We call that the TAM in the tech world. And, uh, you know, I, you know, we have a segment where we're talking about uh, we call it guns and butter. It's our fiduciary responsibility, you know, to let people in on what's going on in the world outside of sports and and those things that are actually affect sports. You know, we talk about BRI, best bar related income, you know, uh, I've been dealing with the union for so long. So uh, for me, it's just so many things that Evan and I have been able to experience and see um, in, in, in many facets uh, as professional athletes and not just dribbling the ball up and down the court, but the things that we see off the court from a human perspective, from a business perspective, um, you know, psychologically, um, you know, how the body works and uh, the places that we come from. And uh, for me, you know, I've always felt like I've differentiated myself from other athletes and I've been trying to think about different ways to get into this space. And Evan and I have gotten this great relationship uh, since being teammates. And, you know, we talk about our battles from, you know, him being drafted number two, uh, but I'm still, you know, young and in my prime and, you know, trying to figure that thing out to becoming best friends. And uh, over time, just hanging around him, I knew right away, like, all right, I'm going to do a podcast. This is the person I'm going to do a podcast with. And uh, he's he's witty. He's unique. He's different. Uh, his brain works in, in a genius like way. And uh, I, I don't think I would do it with anyone else. And I had to sell a few people. And I think uh, after they spent an hour with him, uh, they were sold. So, you know, uh, I consider myself an enhancer uh, in terms of, you know, I can take something and uh, make it better with him. I don't have to. It's just, you know, putting him out uh, up on that pedestal for the world to see his genius. And uh, it's not just a podcast. 
uh, in our deal with Metal Arc uh, as your partner in, uh, but it's a whole content creation uh, aspect behind it. I'm just excited to be working with my brother and, and, and the team and, uh, you know, yourself and, and Skip uh, at Metal Arc. Evan, I can't imagine what the back and forths were like as you came for Iguodala's stuff in Philadelphia, the space. Like, for you guys to be friends, given the competition of what it can be, to be the young guy coming in, and it's his team, right? I mean, it's uh, you're, you're entering a space where you are going to butt egos with a guy who's running that team, yes? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely different. And, you know, when we first came in and we first entered the gym, or first entered the organization, you know, it wasn't anything besides competition. I knew Iguodala a couple of years prior to that, where uh, he's following uh, he's following my college career. So I worked out at the same gym he did. So, you know, obviously I knew he was a, a great dude and even a better player, you know, obviously coming in as a, a rookie every now and then you could be a little hard headed and knuckle headed. We would you know, I play a little brother role and kind of, you know, <laughs> have some rough days with them. But, you know, all in all, we had a lot of great battles and a lot of great memories that has uh, forged a bond and brotherhood that, you know, has, has led to something as cool as this. And when it came to talking podcasts and everything like that, we were basically doing what we always do anyways, meeting up, sitting down for hours and just talking and talking on different type of topics. And I think, uh, you know, a couple of our friends kind of suggested, like, you guys should do a podcast. Like, this is dope to hang out with you guys for a couple hours and, you know, go on a roller coaster wherever our mind takes us. So I'm definitely uh, excited to be part of this, um, to uh, have a podcast as it started off with, with such great energy and uh, to be working with Metal Arc and the whole team. It's going to be uh, definitely a, a fruitful connection and bond. One of the things I know we want to do with Metal Lark and the Levitard and Friends Network is put smart people together who get along so that they can laugh and they can think and yeah. they can learn and they can show people things that they might not get elsewhere. So what are they going to get without making it just a sales job, Andre? Why is it important for people to listen to you? There are a thousand athletes talking. There are The knuckleheads are doing this. I just did the old person thing of calling it the knuckleheads instead of knuckleheads. <laughs> but there are plenty... Of, Draymond wants into this space. Draymond's loud. Like, why are you guys going to be different? What's different about Andre Guadalla? Why do I want to hear from him and Evan Turner? I think uh, Evan had, you know, it was part of our, our preview. You know, we had like a two minute uh, preview, um, you know, when you check out the podcast and Evan put it in great perspective. You know, everybody has their lane that they go down. So, you know, not necessarily competing with anyone else. You know, we can all exist in this space and all be, like you said, fruitful uh, in our endeavors. But I think for us, you know, um, if you kind of go back to the, you know, anyone's watched the Kanye West documentary, we've been talking about that a lot, genius. And, you know, I remember Kanye talking to uh, the raucous uh, records a and R, and he was like, you know, you kind of got both sides. Like you, you'll have the street hardcore rapper listening to you because you got the bars and you got the beats, the soulful beats, and you got other rappers that want to rap on your beats. But at the same time, you got the fashion, you know, you got the business, you know, you think a little bit different. You know, his mother was a, a college professor and his father was a, a Christian marriage counselor. So like his brain was molded uh, in a different way that he can come with a different perspective. And I think we kind of sit right in that intersection between like, you know, the hardcore basketball players, but then at the same time, we sit in the other uh, end of the spectrum in terms of like, you know, I'm, I'm really heavy into tech or I've been part of the union. And then just having conversations with Evan and just the way his mind works, I don't think people really know that yet. And I'm trying to bring that to light. That's why I'm so excited to do something with him. And, you know, as you can see, the way he summed up uh, Steph Curry 
in his career telling Steph, like, you know, you got two unanimous, you got an unanimous MVP in your house. You got another MVP trophy. You know, you got three championships. You did this, you did that. And he was like, what are you, who were you trying to prove anything to? And the way he just kind of breaks down his perspective, it kind of just is very rare to see and witness that. So with all that combined, uh, I think we cover uh, a, a, a wide range, but it's very niche in how we present it. And I don't think it be it can be replicated or duplicated. And I think that just gives us an edge within this space. And, and, and we can take it anywhere. We can take it in a boardroom on a basketball court. We can take it to fashion. You know, we can take it to music. And I think a big part of it, uh, if I haven't already spoken on it, is, is the cultural aspect of it. You know, we have this thing that's like, you know, our culture really makes the world go round. You know, African-Americans are the largest consumer spenders in the world, yet we have the least amount of um, recycling uh, of, of, of wealth within our communities. And it's just like, why is that? And we tap on that into everything we do. You know, we were just joking about it. We have our all-time white players list, and that really came, white basketball players list, and that came from, all we hear is, you know, I, I hate that cut, start, bench player, uh, thing I see on Twitter all the time. It's like, you know, it was Katie, it was LeBron, and it was uh, Melo. You got to start one, bitch, one, cut one. It's like, why are we always doing that to each other? We're comparing each other constantly. And I'm like, how about we do that to the white guys? Because it's always the the media, you know, we talking to Isaiah Thomas, which his podcast dropped today. He was talking about, you know, it's usually all white media. And it's just like, you know, we get all these articles written up about us, but it's like you and you are always writing about our culture, but are you really tapped into our culture? Do you know what we like? Do you know what we watch? Do you know where we came from? You know, do we know things that we're attracted to? And once you start understanding that, you start seeing how we how we move around. And then from there, give us a piece of the pie because, you know, I mean, we're a large part of the machine, but we don't own any part of the machine. So, you know, our minds just like, a, you know, I went on that little tangent and uh, I want Evan to speak on it, but that's kind of really where our minds are. And we want to share that with the world. I do want to get into the best white players of all time as ranked by Evan Turner and Andre Guadal. You will have to get that elsewhere, though. We're not going to do that here. They own right. that. That is theirs, just like this Isaiah Thomas interview and this Steph Curry interview that you should listen to because I'm guessing that you're talking to these people about different parts of their story that perhaps I have not heard. So why should people listen, Evan, to Steph Curry and Isaiah Thomas? What are they saying that we have not heard? Heard them say in a million other places because they were sitting down with you guys. Yeah, I think one thing that Dre and I focused on before we even brought guests in was just making sure it was original. We like the way we can decipher ourselves was not getting them on a show and legit talking famous basketball moments and memories and you know old school bravado. It was kind of like like he said, we were crossing over into the mindset. Like, what were you thinking here? You know, in a more you know humble way, a way that you know. It starts from, um, you know, substance. So that was one thing that we were discussing. And we wanted to really break down who these people were off the court more. You know, we know the legend. We know what, what leads into that. But we wanted to really open up and make it more relatable. And I think that's one thing that people are going to love is the relatability of our questions, relatability of our shows, because we're literally, you know, tuned in and tapped in. But we're just we're just explaining it from our, our point of view. Let me ask you guys some questions because you're going to get unusual insight in general from these guys, and I'm hoping that they get an undistilled honesty from you that uh, explains to us 
all the little places in sports that people don't understand. So, Andre, you've been a champion. You know what it takes. And you see how Draymond and Kevin Durant end up breaking up at the top of, like, you guys could have dominated sports for, you guys could have run this thing for 10 years. You just stay mm-hmm. together. Like, nobody could have gotten in the way of whatever it is you were doing. And yet there was conflict all over the place. Conflict, largely, that a media like us doesn't understand because we don't really understand your environment not really not even only the former players can possibly understand how emotional and charged and difficult winning a championship is so yeah i go into two things first thing is you know how the the role that the media has been uh you know pushed into the game like the media has always had a certain level of power especially with you know voicing their opinion it's different than what it used to be you know in the you know, the old, the old, the old regard in terms of that voice of the media really was the weight of people's opinion. Like they, their, their opinions were formed based on what the media wrote because that was their way to get that content. Like there wasn't social media players didn't have much of a voice and having their own channels to voice what they're saying. The media controlled a lot of that. And then now in a sense is, you know, the media has to continue to be valuable. So, you know, there's more and more opinions. You know, you talk about there's so many uh, podcasts, there's so many more opinions that are in the game. Now the fans are more involved and that's becoming a part of the 24-7, 365 media trend that the NBA profits off of. And, you know, these narratives that are created can cause dissension within teams. Not saying that that would happen to the Warriors, but, you know, whether it's, you know, a 1% or 50% of the reason, there's always that weight there. And I was able to see that. And now in the podcast, I can relay that message. Like, you know, you don't understand the weight that's behind uh, the narratives that are being pushed here and there. And at the end of the day, we are humans. And from Evan and myself, and this is my other point, is we played together in Philadelphia, which is one of the tougher markets to play in from that narrative media perspective. And it's like, it's different playing there versus playing, you know, in Oklahoma City or in in a Portland, you know, uh, market. And we talk about that with the Ben Simmons situation and how difficult that can be for him. And we talk about it with Russell Westbrook going from OKC to a Houston to a Washington to the Lakers. And no one's thinking about these things. And now when we bring it to light, it's like, whoa, it is a little different because Russell's game really hasn't changed that much. But wins, losses, media coverage, um, the market you're in with the Lakers is a whole lot different. Now it's getting very personal and it's like these can have effects on you as a human being that, you know, no one wants to look at and, and, and no one wants to take accountability in terms of, you know, how our narratives and our opinions can weigh heavily on a professional athlete. Evan, it got your attention when he mentioned Westbrook. Why? Oh, no, because when you break it down, that's, he's one of the most right now, one of the most better athletes out there. You know what I mean? When it's coming down, he's still playing at a high level. Like Iguodala said, his, his game hasn't changed. He's still averaging a 19, 8 and 8 alongside AD and LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I think a narrative wants you, a lot of times you have a lot of people nitpick at an athlete and, 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 and throw their two cents into a, a profession they literally have no clue about. 
You know what I'm saying? Oh, and, but I but I'd argue that he's an inefficient player whose athleticism was bound to age poorly. That him more than most. Like not saying he's not great, but I'm saying he was going to be a handful in his 30s, thinking he was still, you know, triple double MVP guy. And the aging process, Andre. I don't need to explain this to you. I know, of course. But at the same time, when you're shooting 44 percent, you're killing him for how you're shooting. And then there's people up the street shooting 40 percent. Or we watching some of our favorite players shoot 38 percent, and they're making All Star. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, bro, we really need gatekeepers right now. You know what I mean? And it's like what Bob Knight said, like, journalism is a step above prostitution. So people are going to write anything. You know what I mean? And there you go. That's Evan Turner. And that's just, that's just <laughs> it. So we, that's Andre, how, that's you how. wanted to say, you were so delighted by him just saying journalism to my face, a journalist, someone who no, is. It's the rest of them. It's the rest of them. <laughs> no, really it's cool. okay. You're partner, so you, you, you're part of the gatekeeping, That's so you win, you win, you win the inside. But I would understand why you guys, why people like you just demanding, please be decent around my humanity, would have great big problems with media portrayals that are here to just take from you, to simply turn you into content the, the Westbrook thing was fascinating to me at least in part because I'm like yeah. what must it be like to be that man's wife I don't know how he got to where he got but that man is as pissed off in his game as anyone playing his game has a lot of pissed off in it and he's been rewarded for his pissed off because he's been an MVP and he's a triple double machine holy shit must it be hard to have Skip Bayless calling him names in a way that upsets his wife and then there's no consequences for it I think one thing that you get sick of is when it's only, only so many times people can poke the bear. So this seems like it's something little, but you break down Westbrook, you look at the time in Utah when he got called the name, or you look at the time in Philly when he got the alcohol poured on him. You know what I mean? You look at certain times where you might have a, a journal, journalist who's poking a bear and, and putting out bad, bad articles day in and day out. Like people are human. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes when it comes back to it, like I'm getting tired of hearing about the Westbrook stuff because at the end of the day, it takes away from the game. Is he playing a game decent? Yes or no? You know what I mean? And, and but it also, like, to Andre's point, it sells the game. It does. Like it yeah. is something. It turned into three days of content on ESPN because Westbrook responded, because his wife responded. Yeah. Like that's the game you guys are in now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, people, don't, don't trip. People are up in Bristol. They be bored now too. So, so, so they going they gonna recycle. They gonna recycle when they can. You know what I mean? I have been talking here recently, and you guys have a unique perspective because I don't know what your opinions are on Ben Simmons, but Philadelphia can be cruel with its expectations. Also, we've never seen a player short circuit quite like that before. Where oh my God, he's afraid to shoot. I can't imagine a city less delicate with whatever was happening there than the one, Evan, that perhaps was cruel to you as a draft pick. And I imagine hardened Andre Plenty having to live and work in that city. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you break it down, I guess it's all about uh, your development and your maturity. You know, one thing I love about the city of uh, Philly, even though, you know, I have my love, hate with it, is a concept of, you know, brotherly love. And, um, you know, once I left there, you know, I, it's kind of built a shell around me where I feel like I'm, you know, bulletproof in the sense of naysayers, negativity. Like, I, I feel like I can handle anything due to, you know, going through those trenches and going through those tough times and, you know, overcoming, you know, and, and showing up each day, day in and day out when I literally did not want to. You know what I mean? And that's one thing about sports that's so dope is uh, moments like that really make a man out of you and, and really, you know, build you to be successful 
for the next stages. You understand what I'm saying? Like you go get you walk into an arena doing something you love and twenty thousand people who are supposed to cheer for you hate on you. But Evan, like, all your life, right? Nobody knows what you had to overcome. Like nobody <laughs> nobody can possibly know what you Absolutely. had to overcome. You can tell them if you like, because I I do think that your story is a fascinating one. Just what you had to endure just physically to become the number two overall pick and then yeah. arrive in Philadelphia with expectations. And then, I don't know, what were you supposed to be? Did you meet those expectations? Because you achieved by any standard what only the top 1% of the 1% can do, which is get to the top of the draft, get out of the desperation that's around you among people competing to get to the top of the draft. But... You underachieved, Evan. You are an underachiever somehow, even though you are an achievement as a person who arrived at a finish line of being an exceptional professional athlete who gets paid for taking care of his craft, his body, and his athleticism. Yeah, I, I think one thing you got to take it in stride because, um, you know, obviously there's there's tons of sides to every story. I'm not going to sit here and be like, hey, I was I was... I was underrated out there. Like, no, things didn't work out. Um, you know, coming in a number two pick and having all that hype and, you know, energy coming from college. Like, of course, like I always joke around and say, I'm not even supposed to be here. I was supposed to be seven championships in. I'm supposed to have a mama mentality, like a, a Kobe type vibe where I'm, I'm helicoptering everywhere, like that type thing. But, you know, when you break it down and it comes with it, like, it's a blessing to be able to come go go through those things. It's a blessing to be able to reach your dreams. So I was always grateful for that. And, um, you know, I, I've been able to set myself up financially and, you know, diversify my, you know, diversify my lifestyle in that sense. So, it, you know, it, 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 it's all give and take in that sense and everything was worth it and, and it was worth all the risk. For I hope so. I didn't hit you in a bad spot because I don't act. Well, no, you, no, no, you hit me in a bad spot at all. I'm just trying to make sure I'm like, uh. Because I, mean, I don't I'm think still, of but, you. I just think of what the relationship must have been with Philadelphia when it came with those expectations. Because, Andre, yeah. you, though the, you met the expectations in Philadelphia, did you not? But then it sort of changed. Oh, well, he can be the best player on a 7 or 8 seed with Drew Holiday, but I need him to be better than that. I need him to care. Well, no, no, of course. I understand that. I'm taking for, like, for like just accountability. Like, at the end of the day, bro, you like the, the job ain't, I'm not saying it's not that hard, but I was living out a dream. And when, you, when you're expected to, to perform, there's a lot of people that have performed in way worse circumstances and done their job and followed through. So, you know, when it breaks it down, I, I'm excited for the two playoff seasons we had. Um, you know, I'm excited for, you know, being able to, you know, battle through the rebuild process and to be able to build a 10 year career. Honestly, those first few years in Philly taught me a lot about being a veteran and also about how to win. I learned a lot of, a lot about basketball from Andre Iguodala, Lou Will, Elton Brand. You know what I'm saying? So it, it was it, it made a man out of me. My point too, yeah. though, Evan, if I may, forgive me, Andre. My point is simply that to arrive where it is you arrived at a 10-year career yeah, is yeah, against crazy. all statistical odds for you crazy. to have achieved where you arrived. No, no, and we, yeah, no, for sure. And it's unreal. We talk about it a lot on the podcast. Sometimes when we sit here, we discuss, sometimes we'll discuss where, you know, you see certain players, they're legit. They just finish a 10 or 12 year career, a legendary career, and they might go to the NBA and they might have to start at the bottom, you know? And we always joke when we say, how is our experience not enough? You know what I'm saying? Like if we are in a different atmosphere, a different realm, it's only 400 of us in the world. Any other, you know, professional, any other, you know, um, occupation, we might be called geniuses. 
You understand what I'm saying? But in this situation where you're able to perform in front of millions, think six tenths of a second and have rocks thrown at you, sometimes your value is always going to get, uh, you know, underappreciated when you have the wrong, when you have people looking at you that, that don't know what they see. Like when you break it down, I'm a tenth of a percent in the world. Like, and then we break it down deeper where we came from and like the poverty and like the neighborhood and the system we made out of, like Dre didn't touch like a quarter of a billion. I didn't touch over a hundred million. I didn't been able to change my family's lifestyle, change, you know, my daughter's lifestyle and there's certain, you know, problems that I'll never have. That is, that is such a blessing. So I think like sometimes, you know, I never take it personal. I'm more so laughing. I think you understand the, the stats of it, but when people come up and just treat us just as athletes, cause it's like, who the hell are you to literally sit here and judge us or judge anything when you're nothing like us? And then you know what makes you special or like school or education? We got that as well. So of course we deserve to run it up. We deserve to have 90, 90 different lifestyles and 90 chances at, at the piece of the pie. So this is really what it says. And you know, I, I, I didn't take any offense to anything because life is just, it's gorgeous. But if you look around here, I got a million dollars worth of art. You know, you know and, and I don't dance, and I'm it's dancing. Good. So, like, that's it's my excitement right there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We're good. No, I appreciate you asking that question. That's a real-ass question. Well, okay. the, re- the reason I, I, don't, I don't appreciate you asking that question, because because Evans is just dropping gems right now. And we know all content is king right now. And it's just like, all, well, we're on the same platform, so it's all love. You're Like, Dan, I did my homework on you. Like, you know, Udonis has some talking about you a lot. He's a huge fan, and he's not a fan of too many people. So, you know, like, that goes a long way. So that just lets me know who you are as a person. But, yeah. you know, I'm going to do, like, Evan and I, we have this uh, episode where we're going to interview each other, and I'm going to dive into that. Like, who's to say that Evan Turner didn't meet expectations? And I can break down, like, I've seen it. Like, I know basketball. Like, I really know this game. And he really knows his game. And I'm going to break down, like, why he's still one of the best basketball players. Like, he still went above and beyond what they expected from him. You know what I mean? And, and like, I'll get into that. Like, what he did in Boston. Like, I go to Boston and Evan Turner is like Andre Iguodala in the Bay. I'm like, damn, he get all the love in Boston. And then when I'm watching Portland play Denver in the Western Conference semifinals, I'm on my couch going crazy. Like, Evan ain't played too much this series, but he got in the game. Hit three big shots in the last two minutes. The ones for Evan, Portland wouldn't have made it to the conference final. Maybe that, that trade would have happened a lot sooner. Maybe he prolonged, you know, the tandem of CJ McCollum and, and Damian Lillard. But nobody's looking at that because, you know, like Evan said, we have all this experience, which makes us geniuses. But I think when, you know, he said we have to start from the bottom again, it's just like once our career is over, it's like, all right, you got to start as an intern to work your way up through the, you know, front office because you don't have the expertise. And it's like, what you mean? Well, who's who? Why does that guy have the expertise? Uh, he went to law school. Um, you yeah. know, he knew this guy. He knew that guy. And this is like, I mean, Isaiah Thomas was amazing for us in, in terms of explaining this to us in a way that was never broken down to us. It was like, okay, that's how we got to start thinking because Isaiah has both ends. He has a master's in education and he has a master's in something else. And then he's just like, you know, we have the experience and we have the credentials. Like, we really do this. A lot has changed over the years, kind of like who's the best hockey team in Florida. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste in Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Right now, the great debate is if my team will make it past the second round. We can find about this all throughout the series, but there's one thing that's for sure. I'll be yelling at all of you while drinking a nice ice-cold can of Miller Lite. It's my preferred light beer when arguing about sports with other people. Miller Lite keeps it simple. 
undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com Beach, B-E-A-C-H. Or you can get it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Evan, I wasn't even talking about poverty or desperation or the idea that basketball or football or some of the sports mine uh, the inner cities, the desperation of the inner cities, a way out by making guys compete against each other. I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about your health as a kid, being hit by a car, the number of times you were in the emergency room. I was talking about just some of the things that have happened that say Evan Turner should never arrive at number two overall pick in the 2010 draft if we're just doing statistical probabilities yeah 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 nah I mean you know blessings you know God uh, bless me and like you say the environment you keep you know I had a mom that always uh, encouraged me I had a dad that uh, told me I was going to be an NBA star and you know I prayed crazy and then the harder and harder I worked the more and more you know doors open you know what I'm saying and I really had good faith and you know one thing that you know I somewhat you know take personal in a sense is uh it's not where you are, it's where your mind is. So I take a lot of times personal when somebody tells you, like, if your experience don't mean nothing, like, what you go through doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? And, like, uh, I love this line that says, respect who you are, they'll take it from you, you know? So no matter good, bad, or indifferent, like, I know where I came from, I know what I've done. I always like to say, like, bro, I'm one of the top five people ever invented. You know what I mean? Like, that confidence of, like, what I've overcome and what I've done and things that people don't know. And it's like, I just keep taking it stride and keep rolling. You know what I mean? And uh, all that stuff is a blessing. So it's lit. Like, I literally am just glad I'm here and I, I reap the fruits of uh, all the hard work. And then uh, we live to tell about it. And then we just run this little thing, we, this little business we got up. You know, I imagine, Andre, that point forward that you guys want to tackle the time, the culture wars, where we are in America. When you're doing point forward, I imagine it's because you guys are eager to get into the conversation after George Floyd. A hundred percent, you know, especially with me working with uh, the union, you know, uh, serving as vice president uh, for you know so many years. I lost count, uh, but just seeing you know, going through the bubble, uh, you know, trying to make my point, not just be, you know, heard, but really valued in terms of like, this is like, you know, we going out here for profit, but let's make it a, a, some impact on why we going out here. Like, you know, that, that for profit isn't always impactful, you know, uh, majority of wars are for, you know, um, for a piece of land to be taken from someone, you know what I mean? And let's be more impactful than just a profit. And, and, and what we were trying to do with, you know, the names on the back of our jerseys and the messages on the back of our jerseys, that just shows the player empowerment. And we've come a long way. And being able to uh, be businessmen, but at the same time, uh, you know, the responsibility we have to our communities, 
And it's like, we've always had to toe that line historically as athletes, you know, you know, people would say you had to be like Michael Jordan and say, you know, Republicans buy Air Jordans as well. Or, you know, you might have to sacrifice your career like Muhammad Ali. And it was like, you know, you couldn't you can't serve two masters. You know, that was that was always, you know, kind of that mantra. But I think we're in a position right now where we understand our, you know, our influence. You know, we understand our value and, and, and we can go, you know, start getting equity in the thing and in, into things. And then at the same time. You know, we can we can serve our communities with our messages that we're doing and we can stand on those like, you know, like we can put pressure on people who don't see the value and uh, what we stand for in the communities that we're, we stand for. Um, and, and, and that's what Evan and I talk a, a whole lot about, you know, in terms about knowing, you know, how Jay-Z made it from where he came from. We, we have a lot of Jay-Z lines, a lot of Jay-Z quotes, you know what I mean? And, but just like look at where he came from. But then we were just having a conversation the other day in terms of some other folks who are in a position of power politically and looking at their roots and where they came from, you know, in a similar background to Jay-Z, you know, they started out with a substance that was, you know, may have been legally or illegally sold and they built the empire off of it, but you would never hear that about them. You know, Jay-Z has in a lot of his music, you know, um, small inserts of, you know, Fox News talking about his past, but, you know, we know for sure, you know, some people in a higher position of power who, you know, end up being presidents or secretaries of states who, you know, their family business, you know, owners of the NBA, you know, when you go to True Group and you see the background, a lot of these, some of these people who turn into billionaires and, you know, their backgrounds, are, you know, they don't want any bright light, spotlight put on that background, but but it's all there. And 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 I think it's for the people to know. And, uh, you know, history teaches us about the, uh, what's going to happen in the future. And, you know, uh, experiences teach us about what's going to happen in the future. And, and that's where we, you know, have a lot of these conversations. You know, I think, um, giving respect to those who laid the grounds before us and then, you know, giving respect and showing love to the people who are present. You know, a guy like Steph Curry is super humble and, you know, I'm personally, you know, one of his biggest advocators in terms of, you know, don't let anybody take advantage of you because you are so humble. Like, you know, still you can, you know, put your foot on the gas and, and, and run it up. Just like Evan said, you know, like I vicariously lived through Evan Turner. Like, you know, I wish I had this mindset, you know, and sometimes I get too humble because I can't say too much although I'm not afraid to say anything. And that's the biggest thing I'm afraid of is that I'm not afraid of the consequences, but at the same time, understand how to toe that line. And, and oh, but it's harder. It's harder for you though, because you're still in the game. He doesn't, you're right. still in the game like that, where we can take any one thing you say and, and manipulate it against you. You have to be at least, you have to have some kind of antenna. One, I've, I've got a million questions for you, Andre, but one of them is a leader and a champion. I want to know where the soul-selling pieces uh, were being tested as you're deciding bubble, race, George Floyd, uh, platform in America, but I'm also a union leader. Like I want to know what was most challenging as a guy who has to navigate all of this. It's a slalom course of, well, yeah, I want to make money too, but I don't want to be somebody who's just out here dribbling so others can make money off me while I run the risk of turning off the white customer because I've got on my jersey something that the white customer doesn't want to hear about when he goes or she goes to the playground, doesn't want to think about imprisonment or how America is unjust for black athletes. Just want, hey, just get out there and entertain me, please, entertainer. Like, you've got to navigate all that stuff while in a bubble, while the league is on your neck with hey, guys, we need to play here, right? We need to play. And, and I think you just hit it on the head. Like, just straddling that line, is it can be tough. So, you know, building a, 
a committee of uh, advocates of African-American community leaders who I got some on this side of the spectrum. I got some on this side of the spectrum. And it's like, it gets testy in there. It's like, you, you mean to tell me you can go out there and play after everything that's happened? You know what I mean? Like stand for something or stand for nothing. All money ain't good money. You know, that's that's a common line heard in, the, in our black community. Like all, all money ain't good money. But at the same time, you know, talking to some other African-Americans who say, listen, historically African-Americans have never been able to participate in the, 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 the wealth uh, accumulation of this country, although the foundation of the country, the Bill of Rights, you know, the, the you know, the, the Constitution is all built upon the slaves who built this company off or built this the company of America uh, from, from free labor. <laughs> you said it. You, know you, said, I mean? you said it right. You meant country, but the front. Uh, yeah, but company is what it is. And, 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 and it's interesting because it's like they're, you know, that from that side, they're saying, like, we've never been able to participate. So we're at a point in time where. We got to get as much as we can so we can start having our people getting used to like, listen, we got to go get it and we got to get it and bring it back to our communities. That's how you serve your community as well. So I'm hearing points from both sides like, whoa, like it's it can become overwhelming and this is how you navigate it. Uh, but that's why you have community uh, committees. And I think we've been handling ourselves um, better than ever. And, you know, like I said before, like Oscar Robinson started it with the boycott at the All-Star game. And, and, and that's how they got the union started and starting to think uh, outside the box and uh, keep going on and on and on and forward. You know, we saw the lockout, you know, where Patrick Ewing was the head of the players union, uh, so on and so forth to, you know, uh, Derek Fisher and being a part of that whole situation to, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm handling, actually handling a union where we don't have an executive director, where it's myself, it's Chris Paul and the two main guys and Roger Mason and uh, uh, James Jones, uh, who's doing an amazing job at Phoenix right now. When we were actually handling the union, we didn't have an executive director. And like that taught me a lot about just life because it's like we're playing ball, but at the same time, we're running a union, we're looking for our next leader, and we're doing it for like a year and a half. And it's so many obstacles that I would never reveal uh, that we had to go through <laughs> that taught me so oh, much. I about want all of them, but okay, oh, fair enough. Oh, this is not the way this is not the way to enter into a partnership, my friend. Fair. All this stuff I'm never going to reveal, which is all the good stuff that you guys want. Right. We almost got hijacked. How about that? <laughs> but the meetings were, I mean, those are unreal to go into because 300 different people, egos with different with different opinions and everything. Like literally it took what, like an hour to settle the room down just to make- Just to settle the room down. <laughs> so what, how close can you take me to, we almost got hijacked. Give me as much information there as you can before the hijacking that gets you in trouble. And Evan, while he's thinking for a moment, I'm gonna filibuster to give him time to think on how to answer that question. I want you, if you would be so kind, to think of what it is that I need to ask Andre to get the teasing story that gets people over the podcast because whether it's on the 2012 gold medal winning Olympic basketball team or the champion warriors, I need you to think about the question. I need to ask him to give the tease to the audience. Look, this expertise that Andre has, if you get close to the truth with him, you're going to get to the core of where sports resides and the complicated stuff, not something to get him aggregated, not something that can get a headline, but something that will sell the podcast. So I've given you both enough time to think about this. Andre, you take us near the high 
hijacking as close as you can without getting in trouble. Explain to us what the tense moments look like as you're really trying to navigate just uh, something that's littered with minefields that nobody could ever navigate. Andre, it's impossible. You got 300 egos. You got black people. You're responsible for culture. Get on the damn court. You can't be fighting over money during a pandemic. All of it's impossible. How did you almost get hijacked? Well, it's, it's easy to talk about. I got a million things just popped up in my mind, but the hardest part of it all is the NBA has, you know, 30 billionaires and they know they got one voice to represent them and they're all businessmen by trade. So they understand how the process works as opposed to 450 millionaires who are just first generation of being able to get a credit card that alone shows the disparity in the knowledge and how business works. And people try to take advantage of that. They understand how lucrative it is to be a part of the union and the things that come from it. But people don't understand the ramifications behind, you know, these are federal offenses if you do something illegal within the union. Like the the union was set up to be the most protected, you know, uh, group of workforce in America. Like it was set up so you have proper labor. We, you know, we always talk about books. 1619 was an incredible book for me and Evan just to listen to the beginning of slavery and then kind of how it shaped the whole country and everything that was built, America was built upon. But People know, and then from the other side, they know every move that we make. Like, it's it's crazy how uh, it's either Wolves or Shams is reporting as we're having a union conversation. <laughs> it blows my mind, and I tell guys all the time, when I find out who you are, I am going to come after you. You know, we had... <laughs> Navy SEALs come in and speak to us a few times uh, with the Warriors. Steve does a great job of motivating us. And there was, you know, this mantra I never forget, find work, eat space, right? So these guys are on it. And, and uh, this was a particular group that find a, they found a, one of the more famous um, uh, terrorists in the world. And they, they captured him. They got him, right? So I won't go no further. But there was a movie made from that capture because a guy sold the story. They told me if we find this guy, he knows what we're going to do to him because it's a code to not saying anything, right? So those are the type of things that I'm talking about. Like there are certain codes that have been broken and people are trying to, you know, uh, insert themselves in the union. And sometimes I feel like it's coming from the other side. Like that's how deep it can get sometimes. And then then my mind goes, you know, Malcolm X, where it's just like, no, no, there's no peaceful negotiations here like i'm coming after you the same way you're coming after me but at the same time it's like what's all our dreams once we become basketball players and we become businessmen ultimately it becomes you we want equity so then you have to toe that line as well so you know we had a particular individual who was just trying to insert him or herself i won't say which gender it was into and then and they had an interesting uh they had an interesting contract written up for themselves and and they try to get over on it. But we navigated it well and, and we got behind it. You have had time to think now, Evan. The Point Forward podcast with Andre Iguodala and Evan Turner. It is debuting right now. Isaiah Thomas and Steph Curry. Those episodes are out. I hope that they enjoy not just the access. That's one thing. But I am sure that Evan and Andre enjoyed talking to those people and digging down on some of the details. So, Evan, what is the correct question to ask Andre so that we can get a good story that he can tell in public that's not going to get anybody in trouble but is going to properly sell the podcast so that you guys may have ownership of this thing that you want and and it can be a big thing supported by all in our audience? 
And he, he basically did it. But the, the number one question I, I think I would say to ask him, he kind of hyped onto it, like the the different mindsets he goes into, the business wise, Malcolm, you know, Malcolm X wise. It's like I think you, your old Instagram thing was uh, Mind of Andre. So I think, uh, yeah, I know. Like, what's what's the real, real definition behind the mind of Andre? And I think that's one thing you only saw in his book originally, and you only see. We all know the smart parts of Iguodala and everything, but you know one thing that makes him who he is is the controversial parts, and because uh, that's where he was bred from, and that's what you know somewhat taught him. You know, you only see the the beauty of uh, you know the. The, you know, the results of everything, but, you know, when he starts out from the beginning, it's going to tell you all the, you know, the trials and tribulations that, that built this beautiful mind. So I think that's the number one question. You know, it's a battle for me, like the battle of my mind. And those are the things that I'm speaking out into existence. And it's just like, it's almost like therapy, like, man, this is where my mind goes. I have a great story for you, Dan. So I was with Nike for 16 years of my career and then did some AAU and college basketball. So I've been, you know, Nike, since I'm a kid, Michael Jordan, uh, Penny Hardaway was my favorite athlete. Um, so I've been Nike for 20 years and I I get an email. Uh, hey, we got these new Kobe's for you, special colorway. You know, this is post Kobe and Kobe's one of my, one of my favorite players of all time. That's how I learned how to work hard. That's why I have a successful NBA career. We had the same agent. So I'm excited about this special Kobe colorway because I'm in the sneakers. Not too many guys get these, you know, Kobe's, you know, right now it's uh, Anthony Davis and uh, it's Devin Booker. You know, they're always got exclusive Kobe. So I'm part of that crew. I was one of the first guys to wear Kobe's, you know, that, that was still playing. And it was like, I got the Kobe's for you. I'm sending you away. I'm like, all right, cool. All right, I'm going to send them, but I need you to sign this release form. Uh, we got you in this commercial with LeBron. I'm already knowing what the commercial is. You know, they need my approval to get the ball. Right? So I'm like, come on, man. Like, I know what time it is. Like, I understand how this business works. I understand how the machine works. And I always say it's like, I know too much sometimes. And knowing too much to get me in trouble because, you know, if I feel like I can leverage it the same way they try to leverage me, I'm going to leverage it to get to where I got to go. And sometimes leveraging it may mean I need to speak out on it. So I'm like, man, I'm knowing too much, man. Like he ain't telling me I'm going to be on commercial getting the layup blasted into the outer space. But so I hold off. I hold off on the uh, signing off. So I'm just like, yeah, man, those shoes is hot. You know, I can't wait to get them, man. His shoes taking forever. And he's just like, yo, can you sign off on this? But I'm, I'm, I'm stalling too. Like, I don't have a problem proving this, but just keep it a G with me. Like, make it two separate subjects. Like, just say, hey, can you sign off on this? And then another one, hey, I got the shoes I'm sending them. But they trying to combine it to get me, like, to not feel so bad. Like, you think some shoes is going to uh, cure my heart being broken from this crazy moment, which was actually beautiful because we all, we all, we all get rewarded for the beautiful block LeBron had. Like, it is what it is. Like, I'm knowing what time it is. Like, just keep it on it. And That's finally, I'm like, here you go, bro. Like, I signed off on it, but I'm like, bro, like, why do I have to go through all this? Like, I'm cool with it going through. You're <laughs> telling me. You're, comes out and it's beautiful. You're telling me. Hold on a second. I want to make sure I've interpreted this piece of art correctly. The labyrinth of power and business that you have to negotiate in order to get to your sneakers, symbolically, as one of the bright guy leaders of this sport, is you only get your sneakers if you allow us as a commercial success to show your shot being blocked most famously by LeBron James so that he can win the championships in exchange for a sneaker, <laughs> in exchange for two sneakers you really want. Yeah, and it's crazy because I'm like, listen, guys, like, you know, LeBron and I have had great uh, battles, but it's just 
like LeBron is, you know, second best player of all time. Like I'm a fan just as much as you are. Like, and he's, he looks just like me, comes from the same background as me. Like people think like we, LeBron and I have this, this thing. And it's like, first of all, I'm not on his level. And second of all, I think I feel some type of way about it. I'm like, no, I'm a fan just like you. Like, I would like to see the commercial too. Like, let's let's be business partners on this thing. Like, why does it have to go this way? But <laughs> but then also it's kind of was insulting because I'm like, you know who I am. Like, you should know who I am. That that relationship is, should already be established. It's like we shouldn't have to go through this. Like, make it happen. Like, I, I, you know, sometimes we take ourselves too serious. And I think you know, there's times we do take yourself serious, and other times we have to sit back and say, all right, what's for the greater good? And and like Evan Turner speaks about this. Like, you know, some guys are put on earth for us. Like you're put on earth for us to experience you and you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good of humanity so we can become better because of the talents that you were blessed with. And, and he talks about that in the Steph, Steph episode. So, you know, those are the deep things we go through, how our minds work. And, and I think it's different from from what you what you've seen before and what you will see in the future. Or maybe you'll see it more in the future because, we you know, we inspire some other athletes to be vulnerable and be able to speak on these things in a way that it, it won't come back to hurt them financially or their rent. I am thrilled to be in partnership with you gentlemen, and I will just tell our producers right now, please treat this totally unfairly. Take everything we've talked about and all I want to see disseminated to Woj, Shams, and the entire media is Andre with the controversial statement that LeBron is not as good as Michael, the second best <laughs> basketball player of all time. But that isn't, that isn't a diss. Like. Shocking. Shocking that you would... Uh, the controversial Andre Guadala begins his podcast debuting career by torching LeBron James, who betrayed him in a commercial and tried to exchange sneakers for his dignity. And now uh, Andre is furious with him and says he's not as good as Michael. Gentlemen, I am thrilled that we're doing this together. I look forward to everything you guys make together, and I hope it's more honest than what we get a lot of times from athletes because they're more comfortable talking to people who understand how hard it is to get to where you guys have gotten. Thank you for joining the pirate ship. I hope that the pirates come and rush to your side and support what it is you're doing. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Good a lot has changed over the years, kind of like who's the best hockey team in Florida. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Right now, the great debate is if my team will make it past the second round. We can find about this all throughout the series, but there's one thing that's for sure. I'll be yelling at all of you while drinking a nice ice-cold can of Miller Lite. It's my preferred light beer when arguing about sports with other people. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller Time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com beach. B-E-A-C-H. Or you can get it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.